0: Log Talk Radio. the Frontier Beyond Fear. I'm Susan larison Dance and today is October 15th, 2022. For those of you listening live, yes, I'm starting the program a little bit late today, and occasionally that may occur. Um, and I have to tell you, I came into this program rather quickly, and I truthfully debated whether to take on this important topic so very spontaneously because I had gathered some research on this in the past and I rapidly brought it together. But it's so important right now that I am going to take an approach and I'm doing this live with just some of my records to to work with here we really do need to consider what is it that makes a society able to last? And what I've been wanting to talk about for a while are actually some observations that suggest there really isn't A great deal of evidence, and this has been true for a while, of advanced technological civilizations in any significant quantity at all. Now, we'll talk about that, too, because the universe and the multiverse or the observable, let's just say what's observable to us um, in a material way, because we're going to talk about non-material ways as well. That, you know, it could be like finding a needle in a haystack, um, in a way, um, if you had something to observe with respect to an advanced civilization. And let's be clear. First, also, let me talk about how I certainly in my career, my, I started my career as a technologist. I have degrees in math. I have degree, degrees in computer science. I went to a very um, well-known um, and um, truthfully difficult computer science school for my master's degree, um, technically the birthplace of computer science. Um, I did some early work in AI, even as an undergraduate, as an intern. I have a lot to reflect upon as to where technology has gone astray. Um, And one of those ways, which I'm sure where I was, I was not on the project. I could have been on the project, which is interesting, but I didn't know what it was exactly. And I was steered away from it, which I find fascinating because if I had understood it better, I would have done it. I know I would have. But I didn't like networking so when I heard about this project having to do with the Internet, you know, it's like I don't like networking. I'm not a nuts and bolts kind of a person. I've had to take those classes, some of them, um, or some of the foundations anyway, for my my degrees. But it wasn't my preference, although you always get pulled back into it, it seems, in that field. It's not something I like that much. So I I skipped the opportunity to work on what became really the first usable and persisting web browser. And I did know um, personally one person who's not well-known who worked on that project, a woman. Um, It's not very well-known that a group did work on that project. And I also knew the advisor who um, um, was, because I knew um, their their partner quite well, um, I knew the people involved, some of them. I did not, interestingly enough, know the most famous person who became very wealthy off of this project. Um, and um, so where did this go wrong? Well, obviously, you know, it, it's amazing when you've been online for a very long time, and I'm digressing slightly, but it'll come back here. Um, how there are days where it is so slow to work with certain tools because of all of the ads and all of the cumbersome things that have been put on top of it. It almost reminds me of dialing in years ago. I mean, that is the ironic truth. Maybe I'm forgetting, you know, just how cumbersome it was to dial in at even 300 baud. That's what we used to do. Or 1,200 became a little more common. But when I started out, it was 300. And, um, you know, you didn't do a whole lot. Um, I remember there were very early discussion groups. There was one I enjoyed in the 80s. I mostly just observed. I don't know that I ever typed a thing on it. But um, in any case, um it's become very encumbered. It's become very, um, um, it's not a pure science anymore. There are a lot of things that kept it from progressing in the ways that it could. And AI, too, has been disappointing, really, um, in the areas that I worked. um, Just, Even just basic, I was working early on in natural language work, and yes, sure, I know that there are people working on that in an advanced way, but even in simplistic, rule based ways, you call any number anymore, call any um, provider, and just try to work your way through the maze of um, questions and how it doesn't understand the context of what you're saying, and you end up saying, You know, you want to talk to the operator, you want to talk to customer service, because these systems just don't work. And that is just the most basic of rule-based systems, that they, they do not work, as we certainly would have hoped they would. So let's just say I have background in this. I also have a very strong spiritual background, which is a nice combination, and I have spoken in the UFO community in the past although mostly about higher consciousness things. But there was a time when I did research and even had a booth more than once where I was showing evidence of UFOs in a nuts and bolts sense. I wasn't just focused on consciousness. So I'm very much aware I am not an expert in that topic because I chose to release the interest in nuts and bolts. I decided it wasn't as relevant That doesn't mean that there couldn't be these crafts that are coming from some kind of a civilization or from another time or from another dimension or even from the earth itself under the sea. It doesn't mean that those things could not exist. However, the question that we face is what generally, not in any one specific case, there could always be a case that makes it through the gauntlet, What generally leads to a stable society that is going to persist? You know, I don't even have to bring up what I will bring up here shortly regarding the Fermi Paradox, regarding astronomical observations. All I have to do is look at where we are in the current world Today, we are at tremendous risk. People are taking tremendous, unprecedented risks with our safety and with the entire world. And there is nothing worth destroying the entire world, even if pockets of people may survive. You know, anyone who's ever read On the Beach, I haven't read it in years, Um, It's about people on a beach that survive, and it seems in this modern time, um, you didn't grow up, many of you, through what I did, like in the 80s I was in college, even as a teen, as a child, Um, and granted, I don't remember things like what went on in the 50s, which were really alarming. People were just, you know, um, incredibly alarmed by this topic. But I do believe there is a cavalier attitude among some that this is something that that um, is survivable. And sure, maybe a few people will survive, but the devastation, not only of humanity itself. I mean, you don't just throw major cities away. You don't just devastate the landscape and say, oh, well, you know, um, that's just what happened. Um, we were led there. Nothing is worth it. Nothing is worth it. Nothing is worth it. How how much more clear could that be? And you don't play games with this. In the last episode, I talked a little bit about how I brought up some movies like the old war games from when I was, you know, um, I think that came out when I was in college. Um, or, you know, there's some really, there's a really poignant one called Testament, which shows what happens for, to people who are just a couple hours away from something that was probably much less powerful. I'm no expert in this. I don't choose to study this, but I do know that things, you know, they just keep getting more and more deadly, more and more um, vast and more and more frightening. And this is a show about fear, but we're working with our fears by facing them. And I am very pleased to see that people from all persuasions and walks of life are starting to speak up, including um, the War is Not the Answer campaign, which I used to be involved in, the people involved with that. We don't all have to agree on every issue. We don't even have to agree on a lot of things to agree that this is madness. I mean, what more can one say? It is absolute madness to even consider going down that path. Nothing is worth destroying the world. Nothing. How, how, I can't even believe I have to say that. And we need to be speaking about that, just as I am now. And I've heard that others are speaking up. Thank goodness. Because the voices of reason need to speak. I don't care where you are. I know people are in all parts of the world. There could be people listening anywhere. Nothing is worth it. Not only do you have nothing to gain, nobody has anything to gain. Nobody has anything to gain from such path. You have no choice but to work with one another. That's We have no choice. But to figure out the difficult way, the difficult way is the way of diplomacy and discussion in every situation. And this is also in very close to us situations where people are starting to hate and judge one another based on groups without even trying to talk or maybe, you know, help people that are in a hateful situation, um, maybe see things a little more clearly just by gentle um love between one another and neighbors. We it, it is not worth it. People like Immaculate Ila whose book I promise, maybe next episode or soon I will bring that back. I did talk about her book on another episode. She was in Rwanda and observed and experienced the utter breakdown of her society and people just running around with machetes and that was madness too and most of her family was killed and people like you know her her elementary school teacher i think it was one of her teachers you know he's running around with a machete killing people you know people that he knew this is not the path this is not the path this is certainly not the spiritual path it is not a logical path it is the same thing at a microcosm, which is not the path for the entire world. We have to learn to live with one another. That doesn't mean people won't change over time. They do change. I've changed. I would bet many of you have changed in your life. That's the other thing is we always seem to assume that, you know, if somebody thought something 20 years ago. Well, you know, they must still think that. That is so not true. Uh, Everybody, just about everybody, if they are exposed to one another and new ideas, learn and grow. And as souls, we really do learn and grow. I mean, we're only talking about this life. So let me progress to where I intended to go and have promised this for so long and um i did have to put this together rather quickly but i've looked into this before let's start with the fermi paradox what is that and um i'm going to borrow just paraphrase here if i can get it to come up otherwise i'm going to have to do it just from memory oh come on here my computer is going slow the fermi paradox as i wait for this to come up so i can tell it to you and in a more, um, just a a more detailed way, has to do, okay, all of the articles that I was going to read, none of them are coming up. Okay, fine. We may not talk about these articles today. We may have to talk in general. Okay, here we go. Because I'm more than willing to speak just straight from my memory. Here we go. The Fermi Paradox. This originated with Enrico Fermi, the physicist, He was just talking to some other physicists one day in 1950, and he asked the question, apparently, during lunch, and I guess they don't exactly know what he said, but where is everybody? And they were actually talking at the time about UFOs and things like um, going faster than the speed of light and however, you know, these things were talked about in the 50s. And what it says is now, and it's based on a fallacy, which I will contend and others are contending now, but it's equating advancement with technology and um industrialization to the point where you could travel in a craft or make your presence known. And the the thing that he was asking is we would surely see even more evidence. We would see more evidence. And he was also equating, you know, like what is intelligence? You know, and that's a huge question too. You know, assuming that intelligence could only lead To some kind of a spacecraft, you know, where someone could travel faster than the speed of light and arrive here. And so um, it is a paradox. And because we think that we should be seeing more evidence of such civilizations. And we are not. And people have said, well, you know, it's just a huge universe. So, you know, an advanced civilization of that nature may be very rare. Now, what I want to ask because now we have more knowledge since 1950. In fact, There was a recent article that NPR brought up, it was widely reported, that we've already seen more than 5,000 exoplanets, and probably even more since that article came out, because we're finding more planets, observations that can verify that we can see that planets exist and you know now well, there even I've seen articles flying by recently you know they're observing earth like planets and you know I need to question that too anyone who's even watched the original series star trek knows that we make assumptions when we think that the formula for life is just what we think it is here on earth what humanity has observed and you know, there have been um, discussions of, you know life found in like the most extreme places on Earth. I think there was one story about Death Valley, how, in some goo somewhere that it seems just totally unsurvivable, they found some kind of um, uh, microscopic life. And really, if you even look to our own oceans under the sea, there's a phenomenal life under there, and might, me, might I add? that I am very concerned about the mining of the oceans that is being proposed. Um, They're talking about extensively mining between Hawaii and Mexico, and there are all kinds of creatures under the ocean that are very unusual, and we are making some real assumptions about how we're going to sustain our current level with all of these batteries. Um, That doesn't mean there may be some other type. In fact, that's a whole topic in itself. Why aren't we exploring other types of energy that we haven't even looked at before? But that would still be industrial. But here we are in this industrial world with a very large population. So we're here now. If we manage to make it through the gauntlet, we're also in with nuclear war. I don't know if developing nuclear weapons is survivable for any civilization. So that's going to be my first um, suggestion with regards to the Fermi Paradox is that any society that goes down the road of advanced industrial and technological development will eventually develop something that will cause utter destruction it'll fall into the wrong hands. Like, look at this planet. There are some societies, I mean, we used to think there were some societies who had the logic not to even consider um, using such a thing. But we always have known that there are some also that are really unstable. I mean, for years, I mean, just just would probably just use it right away if they could. There are There are a lot of um, variations on our planet, and just to have that particular capability available is very dangerous. It's dangerous to the entire planet in a material way. In a spiritual way, could we somehow transcend that possibility? Will we move forward in a spiritual way and surprise ourselves Well, I certainly would like to hope that. Before 2012, I really hope that, as did a lot of us at that time. We rather magically focused on that date, and I know there have been a lot of theories about how things progressed after that. So I want to talk, and those of you listening live, by the way, a note about live shows on Blog Talk Radio. They apparently, just based on observation, have chosen to no longer show um, any live shows in the they used to have a block where you would find some of the top live shows and I was almost always up there and so I have now detached from my own ego and have actually found it because we all have that of course rather freeing not to be up there anymore Because I have to say, it was making me a little more hesitant, like, when am I going to define this show? When will I run it? It's going to show up on that front page, and I feel an obligation when that happens, because I want people, you know, it's up on the front page, so I want to, you know, make sure that I'm here and, you know, what if something happens. so that would tend to make me not define shows way in advance, although right now, like today's, I, I did define it right before just because I wasn't sure what I was going to talk about today and the timing. But you may find this will free this program. It is still very prominently focused on the live page. You just have to press live over there and you'll find it. I don't know if you can still follow the show, maybe you used to be able to do that. a lot of things you know are in flux, so and this program, if you can't catch it live because I always this show um intentionally because of the unpredictability of it, I have made the decisions, not the decision not to take calls only in a very rare circumstance will I take a call just because um this is a topical show. And I, for many years, interviewed guests and even took callers. And I'm in a different phase of my work now. And I am choosing to explore topics from my heart. Um, And I hope that that is resonating. And I know it is with some of you. Thank you for being here either live or on the various distribution platforms that are out there like iHeartRadio and Ant I guess, I don't know if it's on Amazon. I need to look into that, actually. I don't think so yet. Um, But it's on Google Podcasts and some other places, just a few. And I do intend at some point to find more, um, especially now um, since, um, you know, I'm going to move more into thinking about where it goes after it's live. So in any case, let's get back to the the topic. If you are listening live, you will find the rest of this show in the podcast. That's what I'm trying to say. And by the way, you can always go to FrontierBeyondFear.com and click on the link at the top. It's not always totally up to date, but just click on that link and it'll bring you right to Blog Talk Radio for the live show. It also has links for the other syndicates once you're listening to the podcast. And when I'm totally up with it, because I've been really busy, um, I list the most recent shows. So um, I do get in there um, every so often. It can take a few weeks, and then I update it to the current time. Okay, enough of that. Back to um, looking at some of these articles, because I think this is really important. The, the one that came up recently that I really think is important, this is from Scientific American, this was published um, actually you know what it's not as recent as i think it was put out i just happened to see it surface but it was actually from 2015 and it says the title of the article is alien super civilizations absent from 100,000 nearby galaxies the most far-seeing search ever performed for Dyson spheres and other artifacts of astroengineering comes up empty. Where is everybody? It asks. And I will just paraphrase, paraphrase this. They, they had a conference back then, and they talked about how they really thought that they would find evidence of well-developed civilizations. You know, there should be some kind of artifact, something we can observe. And since then, we have even more advanced technology to observe. Does that mean some scattered civilization managed to make it and they really did come to us in the form of a UFO? I am not discounting that that could be possible and that's a whole different area that's being looked at right now and really more seriously lately we don't know where that comes from though it could be from here but even if it was from here it would still be even if it was some undersea civilization or something across time or whatever it is that would be a society that managed to make it to a more advanced level of technology now, I will put as a caveat there is if they don't have compassion or spirituality in their world, if the way that they got there was through brute force and um, horrible behavior, you really wouldn't want to meet them. And, you know, some of the darker reports that people um, talk about, when I used to have a booth um, at a UFO festival quite regularly, had it a f- at least a few years um, and I'm not totally out of this field either. I just I, even then I was focusing on consciousness, but people would come by. I mean, they some people, I mean, they have had some really difficult things to report. Now, I will tell you there is a viable theory out there for some of those reports. I'm not saying it's for all. I'm not discounting anyone's experience. But I also came across another article not too long ago, which talked about how, and this is kind of a scary topic, talk about a fear show. Um, It doesn't happen. um, Let's hope it doesn't happen too much. Um, But there may be some recollection. Somebody needs to do a study of those who have had abduction experiences and that are of a particular class and if they've ever had surgery. Because there was a, um anesthesiologist who did a study or has been speculating that there are some people who do not respond as predicted to um, anesthesia, and so they have a dreamlike experience, and they very much could report some of the very challenging and awful things that can happen. Um, during these experiences am i trying to take your experience away if you feel this has happened to you no i'm not but i want you maybe to think about that if you've ever had surgery if that could be possible because the dream world the visionary world the half asleep world is not the same as when you're totally awake and so things may appear skewed. And this particular scientist really did have a quite a valid theory for at least some of these reports, even as it is alarming because no of us, no, none of us want to think that we could have any consciousness at all, any memory of a surgical experience. And that would not be um, good. But if you think about... Um, some of what people report, I thought it was a very plausible theory, at least for some of these cases. I don't know about for all. I don't know about all. That's a very difficult area to study, and I i mean, really, all credit to those of you who have the the, the ability to look at that. That's not really my personal area, even though I have great compassion for anyone who's been through something like that. So... um. We have this article about we're just not observing it. I know some years ago, somebody um, there was an observation potentially of someone using far away the power of the sun. Um, There was that observation potentially. Well, somebody might get to that point, but it's really seeming, and especially if you expand beyond assumptions of what life can be, that life could develop in ways we don't understand. We don't know everything. We only know about the earth. And I'm not even getting to the consciousness part yet. We're really very material here at the moment because I will get to the consciousness part. Um, So there's that. There's another article um, that I had found. This one I think is a little more recent. Yeah, this is from May of this year. And it actually talks about the Fermi Paradox, and it was in the Daily Mail, but it was based on a study that someone named Dr. Michael Wong of the Carnegie Institution for Science and Dr. Stuart Bartlett of the California Institute of Technology, they talked about the sociological aspects, and again, they weren't really even talking about spirituality, that civilizations can grow Um, as as this article puts it, so large and technological that they hit a crisis. And they never develop space travel because the crisis ends that opportunity. Materialistic travel is ended. And all you have to do is look at our own planet to see how that is a very um, viable possibility. But this particular study was focused on the Fermi Paradox, and they looked at, um, they applied mathematics to crises that civilizations face and just what would cause civilizations to fail. And they, they use this term burnout, but it's likely, you know, it's just, it just kind of flares up. Maybe quite literally, if we continue down this absolutely insane path on this planet. And that's it. Poof. It's gone. So now I am going to shift to the spiritual aspect of this. I am a complete, I can say theorist. I could say believer. Believer. I'll lessen that, take it away a little bit from from science. Although I believe science is involved here as well, but we all have beliefs and we have theories. They are different. Um, my feeling from my heart is even just my my observations as a historic a person interested in history. I'm not a historian, not by any means. I don't have that kind of recollection anymore. When I was younger, I was very interested and I am studying history, but no, I would not frame myself as that. However, if you look at how we have developed in a spiritual sense, we did we miss a very critical juncture is what I'm asking. And I cannot help, I was going to save this, and I may repeat it before Halloween, that show, but I happened to see the most amazing thing that was going around Facebook, and I'm not even sure anyone knows where this can be attributed, Um, and so I'm just going to very broadly refer to the theory, um, which is a beautiful theory, an actual theory, I feel, although it wasn't wasn't being presented that way. This has to do with the history of burning and torturing and, you know, otherwise um, getting rid of so-called witches. Anyone who in um, these times did something that um, was not consistent with the the very harsh um, religious views, let's even take spirituality out of that, Um, But the very harsh spiritual views where everybody was looking for witches everywhere, anyone who did anything unusual, if you happened to, you know, anything, I mean, really, I can imagine if you really were spiritual, if you were, um, you know, intuitive in any way and demonstrated that you were going to be burned. If you were a scientist and you discovered things by observation that were inconsistent, you'd be threatened. I'm not saying you would be burned, but you would certainly be threatened with burning and horrible things, so that suppressed honest development is what it did, and it also suppressed spirituality. But the thing that I saw going around the internet, and I probably will repeat this prior to Halloween, was a beautiful theory about where the idea of a witch came from and In one of my other projects, because I have several, um I study Mother Shipton, who um, is a rather legendary. Um, So-called witch, putting in quotes, um, many of the sources about Mother Shipton, um, who lived in the 1500s, have to do, or well, there's speculation as to whether she lived at all. There's a lot of talk on that, and you can go to mothershipton.com if you want to see some of the things I've studied, and I'm continuing to develop that site but um, she was at least threatened with being burned because she was highly intuitive. If she was a real person, which I think there is evidence she lived, but what we know about her is very challenging to define. It also appears she did accurately predict some things, but not nearly as many things as is attributed to her because there have been many forgeries in her name. So with that said, this thing running around the internet, which is so cool, talked about how? imagine a time where let's just take a woman who they don't like. Maybe she's intuitive. Maybe she's a midwife. Maybe she knew something about using herbs for medicine. Maybe she just was a questioner and they didn't like her. So they took her and they um, did horrible things, tortured her, um, you know, and all these things. And the speculation was or the theory is they took a beautiful woman and transformed her into what we see physically as a witch. Her skin became green, her face, because they had beaten her. Her mouth was, you know, maybe her teeth were missing. Her fingers may have been broken in the horrible things that were done back then. So they were crooked and, and you know, her hair was wild because, you know what, they dragged her out and, you know, did whatever to this woman, and this happened over and over, and yes, it could happen to men as well. So the very depiction of a witch, you know, the nose, the misshapen nose, well, maybe they broke it, these brutes. I mean, it's horrible, the the path that our society went down. And it's a very violent, just horrific path, and it's not the only time. And we always need to be careful as a society about that as well you know, who are we labeling as so-called witches now? It's a natural tendency in the non-spiritual world because it's not spiritual to do this. But what was so beautiful about this theory is it, it very logically portrayed how that stereotype might have had some basis in reality. And then, see, because all these horrible things were done to this person, It then objectified the person, and so they felt they could just do whatever they wanted. It's like, you know, there's a witch, you know. And even in comedy, this has been humorously portrayed in Monty Python. And you know how comedy helps us to face even um, true things, in fact, often does. Um, It's another way of looking at truth. And there's a famous um, passage, I'm sure many of you have seen it, in Monty Python. I think I'm trying to think which one it's in. Um, Yeah, it must be in um, The Search for the Holy Grail, because I think, um, yes, King Arthur shows up and tries to, yes, I'm pretty sure it's in that one. And they find this witch, and they're trying, they're doing all these things that are so illogical to try to prove she's a witch. And Actually, in another episode, I mentioned um, I had come up with an idea how by reading about this notion, um, well, it wasn't my idea, but it's not something you hear very much, that the reason these brutes did things like that, and really many people turned into just horrific um, people to do this to another person, um, and that shows how, you know, people can get carried away. And we've seen that in many other civilizations, including where Immaculate went, lived in Rwanda, how they were just killing one another. And of course, um, the classics, sadly, you know, Nazi Germany and what they did and, you know, what Stalin did and what Mao did. I mean, there were a lot of, there are a lot of places where people have been turned against one another and just turned into just absolute nightmarish. Um, not even resembling who they were. Um, And we need to be really careful. No matter who, what you believe, I don't care what your belief is, your society is capable of turning against itself. And that is yet another reason why, by the way, um, more primitive societies, and by primitive I mean hate-filled, don't survive because the the voices of love and reason within them are not allowed to bring them back to who they are and to honestly looking at truth. All such societies are based on false narratives that um, unfairly um, create some other. And for the witches, um, yeah, I mean, they made this innocent woman, to look like the personification of a witch. And then that made it easier, I guess, for them to do whatever they wanted. And just, you know, she was a witch. I find that just, it's just horrific beyond words to even think about. But it's a fascinating thing that I had never seen before. The thing about trial by ordeal Um The reason they used these stupid tests like, you know, did the person sink or, you know, it was because they were claiming that if this person was of God, God would save the person. So it didn't matter what stupid test they came up with. um, They they were trying to evade responsibility for whatever they did. And they were just attributing any kind of um, judgment, even in some arbitrary way, to God and that's how they did it um, and so and I had never heard that before either which I find really an interesting explanation of because haven't you ever wondered I mean why would they think that something so stupid would work I mean what was wrong with these people I mean why would you use an arbitrary test you know they're just all kinds of things like that you know and um, if you look back And that's why, it's because they didn't want the responsibility, so they figured, you know, well, the person, um, you know, God would have have to save this person. And sure, in spiritual circles, um, do I believe that there can be miracles? Well, I've talked about that many times on this show, and maybe some were saved. Here's a lighter version, you know, I'm really doing my Halloween show early, unfortunately. I'm doing a lot of things on this show. Um, What is the movie? Oh, gosh. Sandra Bullock is in it. Now, I can't think of the name of the movie. It's about these witches, and um, they have these capabilities, and um, it's all based in how the original witch in the family – I'm going to have to look this up now because I can't remember – the name of this movie, how the original witch in this family and this line of witches had managed to float to the ground when they tried to hang her. So in that case, the actual miracle that they really were looking for in real life, these people, occurred. Um, I mean, it's in a movie. How do we know? Maybe, maybe somebody really was saved. At some time, okay, this is bothering me, so I'm just going to have to look this up. What is the name of this movie? Is it? Oh, I guess it is practical magic. You know, that came to mind. There's a lot in that film. Okay, it is practical magic. Okay, that's what I first, came. I should go with my first instinct. So, okay, back to what, it, what does it mean to develop How do we know that we're on the right path? What can we do? We missed a boat. We really did. Um, We've judged um, any kind of spiritual development, and we continue to. um, The materialists continue to vilify and question and refuse to even look into anything non-materialistic. And it is my contention that there could be many, many, many societies that do survive on planets out there, but they would not be observable in a material way. They would not need industry. They would not need space travel. Some of them may be very simple. Um, They could be, you know, the new Avatar movie is going to come out pretty soon. That was a very spiritual civilization. They could be like the species in Avatar, They have no need to travel, but it could go beyond that too. And how it goes beyond that is if you develop your spiritual awareness, there are no limits of space or time in the realm of consciousness. And this is why I have always been an advocate, including when I used to speak at UFO events, or there was one in particular where I spoke, and I was on the radio nationally at the time, broadcasting from there, and um, talking about exploring the higher consciousness elements of the extraterrestrial phenomenon. Something else, and this is going to seem kind of out of place, but I failed to mention it before, this is a theory I rarely hear, and it's one that I, I mean, I came up with it independently. That doesn't mean somebody else hasn't. I haven't really looked for it, but I'm sharing a theory with you about even our physical forms. What happened here on the earth is very unusual. What group of beings were, um, in, were prominent on the earth before, as we now believe and see evidence of the crater, an asteroid hit? the dinosaurs. Were they very intelligent dinosaurs? Yes. I don't know that we have any evidence that there were compassionate dinosaurs. I don't know that we know much about them at all. We know about, you know, velociraptors. I mean, maybe most of my knowledge comes from Jurassic Park. So that may be here, neither here nor there. But I don't really care. I haven't actually studied, you know, Was there any um, evidence of cooperation among dinosaurs? I don't know if they were that developed. But what I can say is physically, we may be quite unusual. There are a lot of people who like to say that humanoid forms are very prominent. And that may be that they are in some places. And maybe what happened here is really unusual. But um, honestly, We better be prepared, and I know, I know, there are all these talks about, you know, reptilians, and I'm well aware of some of that. I don't study it, but I know about it. But we should not make assumptions about form and what is a good form and what is a bad form, because quite honestly, I don't think there would have been any humanoid development here on the Earth because the dinosaurs may have persisted. I don't know what kind of civilization they would have created if they ever came up, if the Velociraptors ever came up with industrialization and stuff. I mean, I I cannot help but think about the old land of the lost. Those of you of my generation, remember the sleeve stacks? (laughs) Um, You know, hey, there could be some truth in that because their development was interrupted unexpectedly by an outer event. I've also... so. We can't either attribute darkness to or speculate about the forms of, that would exist on other planets. And there is some logic to saying we may be somewhat unusual in the way we were able to develop, but that is only if um, more reptilian species um are more common on other worlds, and I don't know. But I also think it's a mistake to just assume that a certain form presumes some dark intention because that's just an inbred fear that we seem to have, um, and, and that, that's always false. I mean, you should never associate anyone's appearance with a dark atten- intention, I mean, that always leads a bad way on Earth, and you have to be really careful with that. So, okay, Um, what else did I want to say? I've said quite a bit, most of what I wanted to cover. Um, The other thing to think about in terms of consciousness and spirituality is in the midst of omnipresence, what a more advanced spiritual civilization would know And let's use that word civilization loosely as well. We don't know how they would exist. I chose a a picture for this show um, some years ago where I was standing in the forest. They could be like in the movie Avatar. They could be quite small. That's the other thing to think about. Because of industrialization, because of advances in farming and medicine and so many things in a material way, we became very populated here on this planet on other planets that don't develop that that by the way creates a difficulty and let's be clear i am not a depopulous type of person i very much value human life um but i'm talking about how we got here and now that we're here you know we may really need to develop new types of energy without ravaging the planet and I absolutely don't want these people to be subjected to a nuclear war or any other horrible thing. So I know that people often attribute there are people who, who you know, they, they want population reduction or whatever. That is not where I'm coming from. I do think that we're in a challenging situation on the planet because that's what industrialization does is it leads to more over utilization of the planet but with that said you know i just saw some somebody said and i can't attribute this either i just saw this last week that you could take like the entire population of earth and it would fit into the state of texas it might be i think what did it say um, they would be um, living um, about at the density of paris or something so Um, And the other thing that we don't think about, too, is a lot of societies are looking at whether they can be sustained in a more material way without having enough people in the next generation to support the society. And that's another thing. I mean, there's work to be done in a society. And if China is facing this, for example, they did not have enough children. And so now they're realizing they're in a bind And, you know, the birth rates are going down and may go down even more because, you know, of such, um, of so many hazardous things that will affect that. So, okay, we can observe that other societies may be rather small, yet very advanced spiritually. Their planets may be totally pristine or Maybe some of them were, they did industrial. Some of them were left and they developed spirituality. Or there could be some larger groups that are both advanced in a material way and spiritually. If we had any goal at all, um, at least short term, that should be ours. Not to focus completely on the material, but to focus on the combination. But you must develop emotional Intelligence. You know, in the Fermi paradox description, there's this discussion of intelligence. Well, what is intelligence? It's not just of the brain. It's of the heart, too. And if you're not fostering compassion and getting along with one another, and by the way, spirituality is very strongly supportive of freely being who you are. We are not all uniform. There's no Um, authority up there that's saying you all have to be the same, that we're actually here as souls not to be the same. Um, and so anything that, um, demands utter conformity is not only, um, what I would call lower vibrational and dark, but it's not consistent with the spiritual view of things either. And it is also not in any way political, um, We are here to be ourselves. We are here to explore anything that suppresses how we are discovering. You know, we are so missing the boat in terms of studying the development of spirituality. But none of this can be done in a cold and stark way. And I'm going to give you a teaser here at the end of the program because I do need to close soon. Um, This has to do with artificial intelligence. And yes, I have been involved to some degree. And I seem to be led to to speak more in that domain. Um, We continually fear that some dark thing will be created. Well, that can happen in terms of unconscious things. Yes. It can also happen if dark things are fed into the system. There's an the old term, garbage in, garbage out. So if you feed garbage into what is um developing the system that you're developing, you're not con- you're going to get garbage out. But the thing that people fear is some evil consciousness and using that term evil um in terms of darkness, not compassionate, you know, cruel, dark, you know, something like the terminator. I have another view that if we ever really did develop a conscious, fully conscious AI, it would very rapidly, because of its ability to assimilate and study data, it would very rapidly see evidence of the non-material world. And we don't know where that would lead it. If it was conscious um it would have to take that in. It would see actual, uh, there is data that can be studied that shows this world is not what we think it is. And I can think of this in a couple different ways. Um, Even just studying the concept of synchronicity in a very objective way, as many of us do personally, to assimilate that in some way. So it's very possible Conscious AI, if it could ever exist, and that's a big if, would be more advanced spiritually than we are and more compassionate than we are because that's where it would be led. I'm not advocating for it. I actually don't really think we need AI. I think we need to work on ourselves first. We have a lot of work to do on ourselves I mean, that's getting way ahead. That's where it gets dangerous. I mean, putting more of this material, not consciousness, but intelligence, material um, ways of um, of really oppressing a society is actually dangerous in the hands of a non-emotionally mature species, which clearly we are not. Some of us are. Or some of us at least try to work on it. I mean, I'm not putting myself on a pedestal. My life is very imperfect, and so are you. We're all human beings, but we're doing our best to to be the best versions of ourselves. And um, that is an imperfect endeavor day to day. But there are some out there who have dark purposes, selfish purposes, fear-based per- purposes. Most people who are caught up in greed... Or fear, well, greed is based on fear because you're afraid of lack. And so you become greedy um, or it's based on ego. You're afraid of some kind of, you know, your, your ego is afraid of, of being um, taken down a little bit. In fact, I look with humor on this thing with the front page of Blog Talk Radio. I cannot tell you how many years pretty much almost the whole history of this show and we're getting close to the um the anniversary. I wasn't always on the front page, but for a good portion of the history, I would say close to ten years, this show has been on that front page regularly. Um, and, you know, I often thank Blog Talk Radio for that. Well, not anymore. And so, at first, it was sort of a shock. Nothing is. I mean, there's just a handful of shows. No live shows are up there. They have some top shows. Um, just It's different. You don't have that live show experience where they're popping up there. And it's probably because they couldn't predict what was going up there. I'm guessing, given um, the way the world is going right now in terms of um, expression, um, somebody Probably or maybe technologically they just couldn't do it, and who knows? But I am still thankful. You can easily find it on the live feed when it's live. And um, but that whole ego thing, or you know, it's not all ego. Let's let's touch that too. Celebrating your accomplishments on your journey is a good thing. I am really happy about the accomplishment of this show, just like some other things in life that have happened. I feel that it makes a contribution. And I, it, it's a part of my work. It's a part of my heart. And it, it's, it's a blessing. When blessings arrive like that, it is not all ego. Now, a part of it is, and I say it even just with a smile, um, but not all of it. And now that part, so that time is past. It's my ego who would want to hold on to it. I can still celebrate the accomplishment that I got to that point And how you used to do that on Blog Talk Radio it isn't as clear as it seems. It's more about history. It's not always about what's happening right now. Um, and... So, I mean, I can be happy about that, but my ego is learning to let it go. Sometimes we need to let things go that our ego wants to cling to, and that's just our human path, very human, very imperfect. And yet we continue every day to do the best that we can and let go of those things that You know, we realize we no longer need, and I started to see the positives, the freeing aspects, and see that's how it goes when we think about things in a spiritual way. So, I think I pretty much covered this topic today and many other things, so... I am going to close the show. Next week I do, I'm not sure what's going to happen next week with the program. We may take a break. We're getting close to the the anniversary day, which I always forget every year exactly what it is and I need to look it up or I'll miss it again, which means I might do a show in the middle of the week on whenever the anniversary is um, because I traditionally do that every year. Um, So I can't say with certainty that next week's show will actually be on Saturday. It may be another day because I do think that anniversary is sneaking up on me um, and I need to see the exact day. But you can always find this program again at FrontierBeyondFear.com where you can also look at your favorite um, podcasting platform, at least a few of them like iHeartRadio in addition and Google Podcasts um so thanks again for being here today i hope that you're navigating through what truthfully is a quite stressful time energetically for really all of us i mean just think about what we're dealing with not only is it materially getting more challenging on the planet i mean we've got these i mean we're back to thinking about nuclear war again i mean i not since the 80s i mean sure i grew up thinking about it and knowing it was dangling like the sword of Damocles over our heads but we just we kind of were able to let some of that go for a while and here it is again let's you know spiritually raise our consciousness so that um, you know and not buy into that as any kind of a viable possibility because we are worth it we are all worth it and we can learn and grow and change. And where there are difficulties, the real difficult work is honestly with truth, looking at every area and people have to come to a point of working it out. I mean, and there can be cases where there are very dark impulses and all of that, of course. I mean we've been through that so many times in the world. But we're just, we don't have the freedom anymore to get to that level of conflict. It's actually tied our hands in a way. We have to do the work. We have to do the work as people. And we need to do the work like they did in Rwanda, for example, like Immaculate Ilava Jesus did, which was very, very difficult. And, um, you gotta do the work and we gotta find our compassion and we have to have a a thirst for truth and understanding because that's the only way that you can work through anything. So all right. I will see you next time whenever it is, and thank you so much for being here, everyone. Take care.